Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Optus Sport Football Podcast. Today I'm here at the Tottenham Hotspur training ground to catch up with fellow Aussies Ange Postacoglu and Mila Yenak. So enjoy. And what makes this job more unique compared to any of the jobs you've had before? Um, I, I think they've all, they're all unique in their own way. I, I guess the, the, the biggest thing about this is just the, the profile it has. It, it sort of permeates every part of society, every part of the world. You know, there's, there's so much interest in it. So with that, you deal with a lot more than you would sort of in any other job. I've had the football's still the same for me. It's still you know, dealing with players, dealing with staff, training, games, you know, that stuff I, I try and sort of stay real narrow focus on. It's just everything else associated with it. Um, you know, every decision you make, everything that happens has such a massive impact, um, not just here, but globally. Um, so that's that's probably the, the, the most sort of unique, that the platform in which you're working is just different from anywhere else. You've been around a long time, but has anything surprised you? Um, well, I don't, I, when people ask me that, I think, uh, I, I don't know, I don't want to sound sort of, you know, blase or arrogant about it, but not really because I've kind of, I've envisaged this for so long. I've kind of lived it anyway, you know, and, and, and it's, I know it's hard for people to understand, but, you know, I've been so obsessed with football my whole life, being in a place where they're equally as obsessed is, is kind of, it, it doesn't feel sort of unnatural or, or surprising to me. Um, you know, the scrutiny, the, the, the opinion, the debate, everything around it, well, what, you know, that's what you expect, you know, I'd be surprised if it wasn't that way. Um, the quality of players, yes, you know, it's fantastic. The facilities are fantastic, but it's kind of, you, you prepare yourself for that. So. There's nothing that's come to me, and maybe it's because of where I am in my life and sort of what I've been through that I thought, geez, I, I, I don't think I've ever sort of thought about this in the game. Um, everything's pretty much gone as as I'd expected, you know. You said that, I mean, you've got a wonderful start, and you said there were going to be setbacks along the yeah. way, and it's kind of been a snowball effect, two defeats plus all the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unlucky, how do you deal with it? You, you kind of deal with it. I mean, it, so I was, I was trying to explain to somebody during the week, you know, you look at the start of our season, we've had 12 games, we've lost two, we think two points off top, pretty good start to the season. Or you can say, you know what, we've lost the last two, we're down on numbers, the season's unravelling, everything's a disaster. So the reality is it's somewhere in between there, you know. We, we have had a decent start, uh, which, is, which has been great because has been a sort of major transformation in both the way we're playing, training, staff-wise, um, new players, all those kind of things. You know those dynamics, you don't know how 
quickly they'll sort of fit into place. So I've been really pleased with the way the guys have embraced that. But as you said, the challenges never end and it all came in one game. In fact, in one 20 minute spell in a game, you know, where we were, again, we started the game so well against Chelsea, you know, and uh, you're thinking, you know, we're flying, but the football always does that, mate, you know, and, and I think the important part, and you don't want these periods to come, but when they do come, I think that's where I can have the most impact because I think all eyes now are on me. What what do I do? What decisions I make? You know, how do I talk? How do I behave internally, externally? Everyone's looking, you know, and, you know, as much as you don't want to be in these situations, obviously, bizarrely, it's a, the times I really enjoy because I... I know what, what what strong beliefs I have in, in the way I want to do things. And now that everyone will be sort of looking, they'll see exactly what I'm all about and what I want. And players, staff, like I said, people in the club, outside the club. And if we can navigate this period, as I've done in my other clubs, it becomes a real important sort of learning tool and foundation for what we want to become. A lot's been said about the Chelsea game, the mm. high line that you played even with mm. nine men. When you look at that, does it actually kind of, in a, in a in a way, make you proud about the way the players have bought into the way you want to play? It it does, and and it wasn't just me. Like you know, because I've obviously done this a few times, but even for the other coaches, they were kind of as as flat as we were because we we lost the game. You don't like losing, and then we knew the kind of fallout from it in terms of personnel what it was going to do to us. They were they were thinking well, and I, that's the kind of feedback I gave the coaches, and so I said that's. It's, that's a great opportunity we've got. We've got guys here who are now all in on what we want to do. So now that we're looking at what we're going to do next, you know, because if now if we flinch, then they're going to start questioning, well, why did we play a high line? Why were we so aggressive with nine men? Why didn't we just sit back and sort of try and absorb the pressure? So what we do from now becomes really, really important. Um, so, you know, it, to be honest, that night in isolation I thought was would have been a great night for us if we didn't have the fallout of losing those players. That That's where you kind of it teeters over to the side of, you know, whatever positive there was totally gets covered by the fact that we've lost some significant talent from the from the team. And Mickey uh, van der Ven obviously is a massive yeah. one and, and James Madison mm-hmm. and in that game you're talking about. At clubs previously, you've um, generally taken a little bit of time for the players yeah. to adapt, to, to, to adopt the style. Has that sort of surprised you a little bit in the way they've adapted to it and, and started so well? Um, I don't know surprise the right word, but I'm, I'm pleased about it. And I think there's a couple of factors for that is that, you know, the, the kind of level of players that, that, that I've kind of got here now, um, you know, they've been able to embrace it from a technical side just like that, you know, and, 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 and without being disrespectful to the clubs I've been at before, that was always probably the hardest bit they wanted to buy in, but sometimes their technical ability didn't allow them to. Whereas here, that's a given. All the players here are at elite level in terms of the technical ability. Then it's about getting a group to believe in it. I think the coaches have been outstanding in terms of them embracing the way we want to play. And even though the guys I've never worked with before, they've been real you know, strong advocates for what we're trying to do. So it's kind of you know, married really well together that there's a group of players who have the ability to do it, but also... <laughs> I think we're looking for something different. So they got buy-in, coaches who really went in all in in on it. And then, you know, when you have that early success, then that just feeds in itself. 
so that first meeting you have with those coaches is vitally important, right? Oh, because they need to buy into your yeah, vision. A hundred percent. I mean, but that's everyone, Mark. I mean, as you know, I came here by myself. We're like everyone else, so I've got to convince everybody in this building about me before anything else. Because whatever I say means nothing if they don't believe in me as a person, right? So the first month, you know, I, I'm just, and I don't say too much, but I'm just getting around to as many people as I can. My my radars are up to listen to people, to understand people, but more importantly, for them to buy into me. If I can get that, then that's, from there, that's the first stage. I, I'm totally confident in the knowledge I have and the ability for me to create a team that, that can be successful, but none of that, all that's irrelevant if they look at me and they don't believe in me, you know, and, and that starts with the coaches, the staff. I said every person I, I walk around the building here, and then obviously the players. At Celtic, you didn't bring any coaching staff with you yeah. whatsoever. Here, you've brought Millian. Yeah. Why? A um, couple of reasons. One is, you know, I've obviously kept in contact. I know Millay well. He was kind of obviously as a player first and the captain of his country. And yeah, he he stayed in contact with me when I was at Celtic. And I know I knew you know he was finishing his pro license. He wanted to get into coaching. And I really like him. Not like him, but I really respect how he is as a person. I think he's a really good influence in a dressing room. I saw that firsthand. And, you know, Milo yourself, it's not so much about what he says, just the way he carries himself. And I thought that, you know, going into to, to a new environment, um, having someone like that would be an asset for me. And, you know, I've, I've said before, he's an Australian and, and, you know, I'm in this unique position where I can open some doors for guys that maybe otherwise wouldn't get doors open for them and and yes I'm biased towards Australians because I know how hard it is just to get to you know even for you guys to get to us here as players what you have to go through the doors you have to break down the stereotypes you have to break down it's tenfold as a manager as a coach you know so you know whether that was you know Harry at Celtic or here with Millet or or Muskie or all the other guys it's you know while I'm in this space um, it's not an obligation I feel but I just feel well you know, we've always said that, you know, what kind of mark can I leave in, you know, in my in Australia as, as a manager? Well, if I can open doors and create pathways and opportunities, then I want to take that. So um, the biggest news though, that, look, Spurs is big. It's been great what you've done. Miller here at the club's brilliant. The biggest news is South Tell Melbourne. Me. Yeah, yeah. Back, second back. And Marconi, mate. And Marconi yeah, as well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, how excited are you about that? And how big is it for Australian football to have a second tier and also seeing the likes of Marconi, Sydney yeah, United, South yeah. Melbourne? Are you going to remind me of the seven? No, uh, I won't. Now okay. that you brought it up, yes, okay. there was a seven nil in there. Yeah, yeah. there. And I wasn't playing. I was injured yeah, that day. Yeah, but we but... did win one nil in Melbourne <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, no, it's great, mate, because I, I think... Look, it's it's always been my frustration in Australian football is that we are such a small community, but with even that small community, even then we were divided, you know, and, and it didn't need to be that way. You know, I think even from the start of the A-League, um, you know, I understood why the A-League came to being and, and it was it was definitely offered some, some real important pathways for footballers in terms of professionalism and, and opportunities to pursue a career, but you know, there was so much history and, and so many passionate football people that were cast aside at the time and it just gives people hope now and more opportunity you know that that you know if you're a young player because the other thing is you know we knew back then and you know, there was five teams in melbourne you could play for there was five or six teams in sydney if you're a young guy so if if marconi didn't pick you up blacktown might have picked you up or or melita might have picked you up or somebody else it was the same you know if, if you didn't play for south melbourne you could play for sunshine you could play for heidelberg melbourne croatia so 
I think having more opportunities for young players is great. And, and like I said, it just, you know, we are such a, you know, compared to the other sports, a small community, the football community, just hopefully this kind of brings everyone in together and, and hopefully creates something special. I'm looking forward to Mark Hone against South Melbourne. That'd be massive, mate. Massive. Uh, we'll go in for a, a, a parmigiana at the club first. Absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, play a bit of pokies and then go watch the game. 100%. Looking forward to it. Wish Good you on you, mate. Best, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mille, thanks for joining us, mate. Long time between drinks. Um, the last time I spoke to you was when at your house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I just, uh, I think just before I stopped playing. For I the think National it was, team, yeah. yeah, yeah, around then. I remember it. I had all the photos up in my in my house, didn't you? You did. Yeah. We had a little stroll and yeah, we did. Chat. It was good. Um, you were going into coaching, and you've been coaching in the academy at Villa, and then all of a sudden you end up at Spurs. How did it all come about? So, I think. The best place to start is obviously, as you know, as you mentioned, sort of done some coaching and was doing some coaching at Villa and in various capacities, um, had a vast array of experiences and, and stuff that I'm, you know, really, really grateful I've actually had the opportunity to do stuff with, with the loans and coaching players through a computer and not necessarily always on the pitch. So again, learning a different dynamic, but just seeing the value in it. And then I think obviously the, the connection and having the relationship, I, staying in touch with Ange, being up there and seeing him um, a few times up the road in Celtic and, and picking his brain on a few things and him providing me with some some great advice and, and sort of support in that way. And, and sort of he always knew what my intentions were. And um, I guess when the opportunity came around, we, we had a conversation and you know part of that was would would you consider coming and working with me here and for me it was a you know it was almost a no-brainer in terms of yeah I want to go and learn and continue to develop and uh, I wanted to do it in the first time I think uh, in a first team environment I was I think I was ready to for, for that next uh, step in, in in the coaching journey and uh, when it did come about I was I was all too sort of eager to jump at that. How long did it take you to make that decision? Oh, it was a phone call, and I think by the end of the phone call, before I could hang up, it was like, "Yeah, like this is this is something that I want to do." Did you have constant, con, uh, sort of, uh, continuous communication with Ange throughout the period of time since he left the national team, and then? Yeah, I think I think I think it was. I think there was obviously a period. Um, you know, we text each other, especially when he was in Japan, and just as you know, wish him all the best and. I think in those key the milestones when you go and win things it's always a, a congratula congratulatory sort of message and um, it wasn't until sort of the back end of the first season at Celtic where I did get the chance to go up but um, again it was it was it was it was a you know a great sort of it was nice sort of seeing I think it was it had been like four or five years the time just went and, and you see each other again on the other side of the world and it's uh, 
you know, you can then sort of sit down properly and, and speak about what it's been like and, you know, from playing and also myself with on the journey of sort of coaching and, and doing it that way. And, uh, yeah, he's been all too sort of helpful with that. And, uh, you know, now it's taken, you know, now we're in, now we're in this sort of environment now. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's how I expected it to be. It's, it's, uh, very much foot to the floor, challenging and, and, sort of testing and where can we gain advantages in, in every aspect, so. You played under him and he was captain of the national team. So when you went to Celtic to watch those training sessions, what did you take away from it? Was there anything that stood out for you that you maybe didn't see beforehand? Um, I guess, I guess when I went, I guess a lot of the things when I went there, I think seeing, probably just getting a gauge of what the staff and and how the atmosphere was like, obviously they, they were just, I think it was the, they were receiving the trophy the first time they won the league. So you can imagine that the atmosphere was, was great, but I guess just getting a sense of that, what it was like and, and the training sessions were, I think that was a, might've been a minus one. And then obviously the game, which there's not, there's not huge variations in that sense, but I guess it was just seeing what the dynamic was with that and uh, getting a feel for the place. And uh, in terms of the, how they, how they had responded to him. It was no surprise, but again, they it was done in a very similar way in terms, I guess, from the national team perspective, it's done in such a small, small dose, getting a reflection of probably what it's like day to day is very, it's not, it's not straightforward, um, but I've seen enough in the, in the couple of days I spent there, particularly in that moment where you're like, okay, yeah, he's obviously got it to where he wants it to be. And there's obviously a lot of, uh, you know, they're all in on it, which which is what you sort of need. How are you settling in here at Spurs? Um, listen, it's it's an ever it's an ever evolving process. I think settling in is. Do you call it settling in? I think it's just getting to work. Um, I think everyone's made myself feel welcome from the start and allowed us to sort of just get on with it. Um, it's been nice to see so many different people, different facets of what the organisation has and and the football club and just also, but also just embracing that, but, um, you know, getting on with what, what needs to happen and which is trying to get this uh, football club to where we want to try and get it to on the football pitch. What's your primary role day to day? Primary role day to day, again, with with our coaching department, we've got, there's four or five of us, we're all, we're all doing bits on the pitch um, pretty much every, every day. That's what we're encouraged to do. And that's the way that the sessions are normally designed, which is, which is nice. You always you always feel like you're involved and active. And then um, part of the responsibility with that is working with different individuals, units, and they've got an emphasis on set play uh, defensively as well. Is, is is something that I sort of have got a responsibility for, which I'm enjoying also. Like I mentioned before, you played under Ange. You've watched him from afar. You've gone there and seen him at Celtic. What's it actually like now to work under him or with him? Well, you are under him, but yeah, working with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, I just, like I said to you, I think the, the environment um, that we as as coaches and I think the demands that we get put under, it's, it's always constructive feedback for us, but how are we going to continue to improve, not only ourselves, but, um, you know, the group along the way. And that's, for me, that's healthy. Um, you know, you never want to sort of, stand still it, it's always about that next what 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 can we do next to improve and you know if, if that doesn't mean you go and do it in at lightning speed it's just 
right, it might be a small thing every single day. Are we going to get better? Are we going to get better? Are we going to keep challenging ourselves and, and, and the group to, to continue to respond in, in a positive way that's going to get the best out of them? And we live it and breathe it. I live it and breathe it every single day now. And uh, like I said, it's been done in a way that's, that's uh, again, it's challenging, but again, you get used to it and you, uh, you, continue, to, you continue to keep pushing. Is it more difficult than playing? Um, I think the demands physically playing is is obviously we know and I guess f from watching us you can see that it's not <laughs> it, we are one of the you know we we do work very very hard but again when you get can see the rewards of that um, albeit at the weekend and seeing what the outcome of games football games are and particularly you can see what's been worked on and how that's come out in terms of the lads efforts but again it it, it it's it's we do the stuff probably behind the scenes a little bit more, a little bit longer hours, but again, probably not as physically demanding in that respect. I was at the, uh, the Chelsea game, um, obviously, yeah. high line, two players sent off. Firstly, that is Ange, right? Sticking to his principles and wanting to play. And I think I asked him earlier on about the question about, was he impressed, happy? Did it make him probably proud, the fact that the players, even with nine men, stuck to the philosophy? and. Clearly, the players have really bought into it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably one of the games where you look back on it, and I know the outcome was, you know, not what we wanted, and, and you don't want to concede four goals against any any opposition um, when you put some context to it. And like you mentioned, it's it's very easy. Probably, I know you've we've been there, and you, it's very easy to just and we've we've probably played under though we've probably played where. You try and it's damage limitation, but um, well, that's natural, isn't it? It's normal. That's a normal. That's a normal way of, of looking at it. However, if there are other solutions to that, you know, it doesn't. That, that doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be so super defensive. It can be. It can be the other way. Um, perhaps that was an extreme of that. But again, what you want to see is the commitment to it, and, and I mean, no one can question that. I, I guess the lads have uh, absolutely took the information on board. And they went with it and they stuck to it all the way. What was Andrew's first comment after the game in the dressing room? After that game? Do I remember it all? Um, I think from, I don't know the exact, it must have been around probably how, how they went about it, particularly after going against the adversity. But I think for me, from memory as well, there would have been something in around discipline. Um, again, and, and not allowing, not allowing ourselves to lose sight of what we're trying to do. And again, it's very, very much. It only takes a split second, and that's what happened. It was a couple of incidences in the game where we, you know, we we had the, we had the we didn't get the rub of the green, and we we ended up making decisions that were that ended up costing us in, from from a team's perspective. And, and that's something that we've been really, really good at. Um, up until that point, and then unfortunately, we on the back end of it, we were on the other side of it that game. Um, you've been known to be sitting up in the stands watching the games. Do you still do that? Is that what you do on match day? Stay up in the stands and watch the games from from that above and give that yeah. continuous communication? Partly because there's no room on the bench, <laughs> um, but no. Listen, it's uh, I'm, I'm up there with the analysts, and we're looking at it, particularly from the first half, just seeing. Um, how it's developing, what are, what are what are any solutions, particularly, but also just 
providing whatever the images are going to be at halftime potentially and, and having a sort of two-way conversation with, with, with one of the coaches on the bench with that. Um, and again, it's a collective thing. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's how, can we, how can we then affect it at halftime if we get the opportunity to do so? And uh, there are moments, obviously, we, we do have some stuff for the team, but then can you get any extra bits for individuals? And, and that's something that we try and, uh, you know, try and make the, the time as productive as it can possibly be. Um, talking about that Chelsea game, I was there watching from the stands um, and I saw you pre-game. Yeah. Tell you what, you could still ping a ball. Oh, I've, yeah, well, what do you, you don't lose it that quick, do you? <laughs> well, yes, you do. <laughs> it depends, <laughs> depends if you don't do anything. Like, I don't do anything. Oh, I'm, out now. I'm a bit more active on the pitch now. That's, it's got me, it's got me, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, I was, yeah, I'll, I'll try and make sure that I'm loose for that day particularly because it's, um, it's obviously, you're preparing someone to, preparing someone for a game and you don't want him to be chasing all your loose touches. So, cause I remember if I was in that same position, I wouldn't want to be chasing someone else's on the receiving end's loose, loose balls, so. Yeah, I can confirm you didn't hit any loose balls. They oh. were all very, very good. Right. Do you do you train with the team at all during the week sometimes? Like, you know, small-sided games? Do I had you... a join in today, to be fair. Um, we had just a, just part of the, part of one of the sessions, it was just as a bounce player, but um, yeah, very sporadically, nothing. We, we tend to do it with, with all the players, we get we get as many of the boys involved and, and, and the young boys come up and, and, and join in on that. Um, where you are so probably a little bit more involved is if, you, if you're doing some unit work and in smaller groups, you tend to be a little bit more active, um, but yeah, that, that's fine. The team stuff as a, as a whole, or if you're in bigger groups, then usually you've got players to cover that, which is fine, but they know I'm always ready if needed, so all good. Always limbered and stretched <laughs> on the sideline, ready to go in. Um, you guys had a, had a fantastic start to the season. Obviously, the, the, uh, the Chelsea game was a setback in terms of the way that happened. And the injuries was probably the biggest blow that you suffered. And of course, last game, losing uh, way to Wolves. But the injuries and, and how you respond to that, because of some key players you're missing for some time as well. Yeah, and that's something that we, I guess, across the season, every team has to deal with. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a season where people have got it completely spot on, where they haven't had setbacks. Um, what it does to do is it provides opportunities for for individuals um, to step up, and and that's what we're that's what we're definitely looking at. And so far, some of them have stepped up, which is which is which has been positive. Um, but that'll continue. That you know that's going to need to remain, and you know we are going to be missing some of those key components of what's what we've already had, but again, our, our, our job is to is to keep pushing the ones that, that we've got available to us and keep showing them that, you know, they, they can provide the solutions we need. This weekend, Aston Villa against your old team. How impressed have you been with how they've sort of transformed how Unai Emery's been doing his job? Ah, oh, fantastic job. Um, it goes without, yeah, I think everyone's, everyone's it's nice to see that everyone can see it and everyone's because uh, I know exactly how hard they work every single day. Um, the manager's fantastic. He's, uh, you know, he's just transformed the way that he wants that football club to play. And what is what is pleasing is that the lads have just, you know, they've taken it all on board. And that's the biggest thing is you can see that they're enjoying their football. Um, and that's, again, I, Anyone who anyone who's played it, if if you're enjoying your football, it makes anyone's job a hell of a lot easier, and and you can see that that's what they've 
you know, that's what they're currently doing and they'll continue to do under him. How good a manager is he? Yeah, listen, from my experiences in and around that environment, I've, you know, I think he's, he's great. I think he's, uh, he's excellent. He's obviously had a, he's got a fantastic success wherever he's gone um, in terms of winning things and, and particularly in European competitions. But he knows exactly what he wants, how he wants it to be done. And, and he knows the process in, in order to get players there. And uh, that's, you know, as a player, he makes it clear for them. And, and it, like anything, he's, he, he sticks to that. And, and that's what, that's obviously ultimately what's got him success and will continue to get him success. Your long-term ambition, is it management one day? Is it something that you would like to step up to one day? You always want to ask me that question. <laughs> um, yeah, listen. There's. I think you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sort of shy away from that. I don't think. I think that's that's something that I'm gonna aspire to do. Absolutely, it's something that I aspire to do. But again, you talk about settling in. Like you've got to get your foot, your feet in the ground. And no, but yeah, absolutely. I've got no. I don't shy away from that. That's something that I do want to do. But again, it's a it's a it's a step by step process, and I'm a. I'm currently learning under some really good, obviously Ange being at the top of that, but then I'm working with in a real good coaching team and learning and, and trying to improve every single day. And hopefully I'm, I'm bringing something to that as well. And, and, and the lads are learning a little bit off me as well. But um, like I said, that's, that, that can happen in time. Big news out of Australia, national second tier. Um, what's your thoughts on it? Sydney United, Marconi on the be- the second biggest platform. I spoke to Ange about it. He was he was buzzing about the fact that it's going to be Marconi against South Melbourne again. Is it confirmed? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're the teams there. Yeah, well, there's some of the teams that are. If there. it's if it's, I mean, if it's that, I think it's been. It's probably it's probably, I think you'd probably agree with me. It's probably been a long time coming. I mean, there's some names. You know, RPL Leichhardt, South Melbourne, Sydney United, Marconi Stallions, yeah. Preston Lions, Wollongong Wolves, Sydney Olympic. Yeah, oh. Massive clubs in the history of our game, right? And that's the, I guess, with a real fan base as well and, and clubs that have continued to still thrive in the NPL and stuff like that. So I guess to see them probably get the recognition now and give them the opportunity maybe to keep, you know, pushing and maybe the necessary funding that'll help support that, I, I guess... For me, it's it's again, it's something to get excited about because again, I've got an affiliation with one of those clubs, but I've played against all those clubs as well. So, it's a it's a it's a it's a reminder of the recognition that probably some of these clubs deserve because they they did ultimately, you know, I don't have to tell you that they, they, these are the guys that were producing our Socceroos long before any of you know, and that's and they did it for a very very long time. So. There's still some. There's still some people that work for those clubs that'll that'll still have that affiliation and, and will still want to keep trying to strive for that. If they get the opportunity now to do that with sort of extra funding and a platform, the right platform, then uh, I think it can only mean positive things for the game. How big were City United in your development as a footballer? Uh, they were. They were arguably one of the biggest. Um, you know, in, in terms of the club itself, absolutely, it'd be it'd be the biggest. Um, there's no doubt about that. I, I think purely because I was, I came through there. I, you know, was in the first team environment, very young. So again, you're around those first team players, the senior pros, even the coaches, and you're learning the trade. You're learning your trade through through them. Um, that was my first taste of it. But 
again, being a supporter of the club, I got to see players during that time there and, and watching the likes of, you know, the, the likes of, you know, your Tony Popoviches, your Ante Milicic's that went through and, and, and played for the national team and, and went on to go and do um, great things. And it gave me the ambition to want to try and do that. And if I stayed at Sydney United, I'd get looked at or I'd get an opportunity and maybe go overseas one day. So it's always got a, like I said, it's always a, always allowed me that platform to go. Ultimately, I had to go and I had to leave to get an, probably the next step. But, um, but yeah, it doesn't, I never underestimate it, that's for sure. What was your favourite game for Sydney United? Like, who, who was the team you came up against that you just went, oh, I can't wait for that game? Oh... Marconi's obviously a derby. It's because yeah. it's a derby, isn't it? You see the it? light side, right? You it's just look across derby. and go, yeah, Sydney United played tonight. So I played a couple of them in the, I played a few, I don't know if I played in the NSL, I might have played one, but I played a couple in the MPL and even they were like real tasty and I enjoyed I enjoyed them. Um, again, your Olympics, again, not good memories because we, <laughs> we weren't, we, we didn't we didn't fare too well against them, but any anyone, like I said, I'd, those clubs with the tradition, you always had the, you know, you always, you, there was always something, like you, you always remember a game maybe when you were growing up and you thought, oh, we're playing these today, oh, I'm playing at Hindmarsh today, I've got to go to Adelaide City and play against them. And just those, again, from, for me, those memories were always, it was always pretty special. Thanks for listening to the Optus Sport Football Podcast. We'll be back next week as the Premier League and La Liga get back underway after the international break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.